Blog Talk Radio. Let me tell you about something new. A new show called G's Power. G's Power. Real talk for real saints. Are you ready? And it's for real. Welcome to G's Power Hour live every weekday at 11.30 a.m. on Never Had It So Good Entertainment Network. Your host, G, will bring you informative and entertaining guests and a variety of topics in a way that you can absorb and enjoy. Listen in weekdays and call in at 516-387-1944. We love interaction. All shows can be downloaded if you miss one or found on iTunes the next day. G's Power Hour is powered by Never Had It So Good Sports Media Network. Well, good morning, brothers and sisters, kings and queens, angels and saints. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to G's Power Hour on Never Had It So Good Entertainment. I am your host, G. Thanks so much for being with us today. And I'm glad this day has come because we get to talk a little bit about one of my pet peeves and something that maybe we can get a little bit more insight on, and that is customer service. Uh, part Part of the social graces, I mean, it begins with social graces that are truly lacking. But we have a gentleman back with us to give us a little more insight. He kind of helps train companies to do a little bit more better in terms of satisfying the customers. Adam Tuberit with Customers That Stick, good morning. How are you? Welcome back. Oh, thanks for having me. How are you, Gretchen? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. I hope you're doing all right. Yeah, everything is great. Good, good. Perfect. No, great to be back. It's been a while. Uh, I know uh, we've had some great discussions about customer service, so anxious to see what we have in store today. Okay, so where to begin, my goodness. And I I, I will talk probably more about the customer side later, but I do think we need to address it because I think some things have kind of gone down the tubes with customers as well as the businesses that serve their customers. But Let's just talk about we're getting into, I guess, or are in that season where we are expecting more customer service. We're eating out more because the weather's getting better. We're traveling a little bit more. And so we have certain expectations, I guess, when we're, you know, some of us are actually just getting out just for the simple fact that they've been isolated in COVID for a while. So can you talk about, I guess, expectations or having reasonable expectations, and then can you talk about, I know I'm asking you a lot, I'm sorry, uh, how <laughs> the businesses we'll get to all are of it. trained, <laughs> yeah, how the businesses are trained and what specifically are they trained in in terms of customer service? Well, let's start, let's start with the piece you started with, which is customer expectations, because that has you know, been developing over the last few years. It's changed a lot with uh, digitization, with, uh, you know, experiences having either being more digital or having more digital components. And then the pandemic, as you mentioned, you know, the pandemic really impacted how customers have felt and how they've reacted since then, right? Uh, People were bottled up and now they're free and um, now they're, you know, trying to, you know, make up for lost time. And there's a few different dynamics with that. There's a few things that that have happened with customer expectations. One, customers are absolutely less tolerant of bad service than they used to be. Uh, And that's been happening for a while. I mean, there was one statistic that said like half of the customers that left a brand in the past 12 months half of them was because of customer experience. It wasn't because of price or product. It was because of the customer experience. Um, so customers are a lot less tolerant. They're a lot less loyal now. Um, and, you know, they are, but they're also going to respond better to customer experience. So, you know, they're two and a half times more likely to stick around if they have their problems solved quickly. Uh, so one of the things that's happening with customers and these expectations is that companies are adapting in different ways or are not adapting. And that you know, what companies need to focus on is understanding what customers want today. 
And that is really one of the things we focus on is removing hassle from the customer experience, right? So, you know, hassle is when you uh, have to go to the dentist or the doctor or go somewhere and uh, spend 30 minutes filling out a form that you filled out six months before, right? Definitely. Um, so things like that, right? We're trying to eliminate, trying to make experiences easy. Um, so cu customers have changed a lot. Are you seeing that as well? Yes, I am. Um, I actually have a part-time job in the evenings now since you and I have spoken, and um, I'm really ready to get rid of it. But um, part <laughs> of it has to do with customer dissatisfaction. I mean, basically, they because we've gotten really just so, um, I guess, annoyed or disgruntled, they've basically told us, you know, I'm, we're sorry, but you are, you know, the, the customer dissatisfaction, for example, is basically why you're here. You're here to answer the questions in terms of why I got charged this, why my order got canceled, why it's delayed, and all this kind of stuff. And, you know, um, at my age, I'm trying to eliminate some of the negative energy, so it's not kind of what I want to hear. But at the same time, one of the things that I've noticed, and you can tell me, Customers tend to be more vocal about their dissatisfaction over the phone or online versus in person. They seem to be emboldened to do or say anything almost. 100%. Yeah, of course. Okay. Uh, I mean, people are, uh, you know, they, they call them keyboard warriors, right? They're um, they're very brave when they're not. They, they they will say things online. They will say things uh, on a phone call that they would never say in front of somebody. Um, and I think that is a dynamic of today's customer service. It's a challenge that we work with in training. Uh, is you know how to approach customers through different communication channels because how we react, we are wired you know, sort of evolutionarily to be in front of people, right? We're wired to read, uh, this is why we have body language and facial expressions and tone of voice. And a lot of those are lost on the phone and then they're lost even further in, uh, you know, an email or social media or chat. Um, the other issue I'd say, or the other trend is that, you know, you mentioned, uh, we won't say whatever company it is you're working for, but if they are saying, hey, we're creating all these problems, we know we're creating all of these problems, we're hiring you to deal with all the problems we created, to deal with the people who are upset about all the problems we created, well, that's an issue of um, priorities and leadership and customer experience, right? I mean, you, the goal is not to make a mess and clean it up. The goal is to prevent, you know, prevent the mess from happening in the first place. Well, th that's my thinking. <laughs> you know, I, I always believe in a preemptive strike. Uh, my husband says I, I sound too military for someone that hasn't been in the military, but um, I, I do. I believe you have to take preventive uh, measures, preventive maintenance, and so therefore, you know, if, if the customer is calling and complaining about, uh, you know, having to do a cancellation on an order because, for example, it's coming way too late. I didn't realize it was, wasn't going to be delivered for another few months versus another few weeks. Um, there needs to be, I guess, some sort of measure that that says, hey, you know, uh, this m may not come in a few weeks. This may not come for another few months, and I'm just generalizing. Uh, do you still want to go forward with your order, Not, uh, you know, and, and make that clear to the customer before they place the order. Yeah. Well, absolutely, and that's where um, you know you're circling back to what I just said about the experience design. That is, what are we? How are we creating the experience at the beginning? Customer service is you know we have customer experience and customer service. Customer experience is the whole you know the whole landscape, the whole journey from the marketing that somebody receives to their first order to their first interaction. Customer service is when we need to react to you know, an issue or uh, to help a customer do something. And one of the goals of that experience part is to say, well, and I mentioned that hassle earlier, 
is how do we get rid of the hassle? So to use you know, the uh, example that you're bringing up, how do we give customers the right information so they can make decisions so they don't buy something and then be upset later because it's out of stock? How do we communicate with our customers? How do we create, let's say, and I don't know the situation exactly that we're talking about, but let's say, how do we make sure our frontline teams have the inventory so they can tell the customer, hey, that item's out of stock. That item won't be in for four weeks. Uh, when did you need it? Right? So to, to prevent them being upset. And you know, that idea of a preemptive strike, or we can even say it, uh, if you want to make it uh, a little less uh, military, we could say it's not even a preemptive strike. It's a, um, you know, it's, a, it's a peace treaty before the war starts, right? We're trying to pre- prevent uh, something from happening. Like We're trying to prevent conflict. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good. <laughs> so yes, now, now one thing that I guess has really um, set the customers off a little bit are the um, quote supply chain issues. Um, and you know, I mean, for those of, you know, of us that kind of work in the you know relative businesses, whether it's retail, re- whether it's um, you know, I'm in real estate too, so you know, building houses, you know, or, or even having existing houses available, the supply chain issue is real, you know. But oh, absolutely. How to get the customer to understand what that means, you know, and how to understand that and be patient about that. I'm not sure how to how to address how we address that. It's not easy. I'm not going to tell you there is a magic pill. There are things that can help. Uh, And it depends on the industry, and it depends on what the issue is. Uh, So I actually had a client who was a home builder, uh, is a home builder. And, you know, uh, if you're in real estate, then you have an idea of what I'm talking about. They, I mean, they couldn't Mm -hmm. get windows, and they couldn't guarantee. They were limiting their sales. Imagine a home builder not selling because they knew they were going to upset the customer, and not only that, not selling because they didn't know they could actually make money on the house because the prices were going up so much that they could only, you know, they couldn't sell a house that they were going to build in 12 or 16 weeks or whatever it might have been. So mm-hmm. imagine that type of stuff with delays with a house and it's completely out of their control. Um, and this is moving, right? People are trying to sell their existing house to go uh, live in this new house. They need a place to live. They, maybe they have a contract on their old house. Those, those were tough situations. And yeah. that, those supply chain issues are real. And you know, there's a lot you can do. But like I said, there won't always be a magic pill. The first thing is, and we just already hit on this a little bit, clear upfront communication. You've got to be in front of it as much as possible. If you even think there will be a problem, you should be letting your customer know there might be a problem. Now, sometimes mm. we, do, we don't want to worry somebody when we, you know, uh, for no reason. So you've got to sort of judge what the probability is. But if you're in an industry where there's just been issue after issue and you're like, yeah, we could have a problem with this shipment, we might have a problem with this factory, you've got to stay ahead of it. It's better, you know, a lot of times it's better to lose the sale and keep the relationship. That's true. That's true. Because um, you can probably make another sale in the future, but relationships are difficult and sometimes impossible to salvage. So the relationship is key. And, you know, the the other thing is this. Unfortunately, everyone, the consumer has moved on. They don't want to hear it anymore. The supply chain, they were okay with it for about six months, right, as an excuse. Mm-hmm. They, they're not – the problem is it's not global now, right? Everything was out for a while, right? Every, every industry had a supply chain problem. Uh, now it's just certain industries. And so consumers aren't being delayed in this, aren't being delayed in that. So – it's harder for the industries that are still having issues to use that as a, as a reason. I won't say an excuse uh, because customers mm-hmm. are actually just less tolerant of it now. Less willing to yeah. accept it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but the thing is too, um, 
And I, actually, we're going to take a quick break, and I'm going to get back with you on this. Uh, getting if the product is even, let's say, stateside, if you're not waiting for an import, we're having other issues getting the product to the customer. I'm going to talk about that when we come back. Um, if you have questions or comments, the number is 516-387-1944. We're dealing with customer service with Adam to. Ugh, I can't talk today. Adam Pork. <laughs> this is Chief Power Hour. I've never had it so good entertainment, and we will be right back. Over the past 60 years, Dove Beauty Bar's superior formula has remained unchanged. But when it comes to beauty, everything changed. Together, we redefined beauty. We said no to stereotypes and yes to every type. We let go of judgments and embraced what makes us unique. We're proud to have been there with you, caring for you every step of the way. Here's to the next 60 years. This is Douglas Dobbs of Dobbs Cremation and Funeral Service. We have served the Central Florida community for 29 years with quality funeral and cremation services. Honoring all religions and faiths, we have been here for many grieving families. Whether it's a complete funeral service with a burial or a simple, dignified cremation, Dodd's Cremation and Funeral Service is here for you. Located at 430 North Kirkman Road at the 408 Expressway, Dodd's Cremation and Funeral Service, 407-578-7720. Dobbs, dedicated to serving our families. Good morning. Welcome back to G's Power Hour on Never Had It So Good Entertainment. I am your host, G. Thanks so much for being with us today. We are talking customer service with Adam Taporic, customers that stick. The number, if you have questions or comments, is 516-387-1944. And so I know one of the pet peeves, both for um, salespersons, uh, companies, and um some of our customers is shipping. Okay, uh, I don't know how we address that. I think there has to be some new up and comer that challenges the existing uh, shipping companies to do better because there are a bunch of horror stories with the shipping right now. Um, do you have any ideas about that? <laughs> Uh, well, I don't think we're going to solve uh, the all the shipping industry's problems, which are huge and big and have to do with labor supply and training and all kinds of things. Um, so, you know, we look at it from the standpoint of how do we adapt to it as people that are you know, using shipping to, pro, you know, to provide products to customers, um, because the, the shipping industry has a lot of challenges. Um, you know, and that's, uh, I think, when you're talking about sort of big economic things, structural challenges, the best way to focus is on what, how do we adapt to them? Because we can't change them, right? That's like trying to change the global economy. Um, so the way we look at that okay. is... Wait a minute. Before uh, you go forward, though. <laughs> Before you go forward. Um, so my company that I work for part-time uses a particular shipper that's very popular okay. that used to ask what they could do for you. Um, and our customers sometimes will say, well, if I go through this other company that has this logo that kind of looks like a, a, a smile or a portion of a parenthesis up, uh, on a side or something like that. I think you know what I mean. I think other uh -huh. people do too. Um, you know, I get free shipping. I get shipping that comes, uh, you know, earlier and so on and so forth, you know, for the same product, so, so they say. But anyway, um, I think part of that, though, is that particular company that they're referencing has its own in-house shipper versus contracting out. Does that is should that be something more companies should consider that maybe they should budget for you know uh you know distributing their own goods versus relying on a third party? Or do we just no, need to improve the third party shippers? I think they have to rely on, most companies are gonna to have to rely on a third party shipper to 
to do something like that, to do your own shipping, you're entering a whole other business. And if you're big enough, as the company uh, you're mentioning is, then you can do that. It's much more difficult for another retailer. Um, you know, Bed Bath & Beyond just filed for bankruptcy, uh, I think yesterday or the day before. Uh, you know, they, that would not have solved their problems, um, the shipping. I'm sure that was an issue for them, as it is for a lot of retailers. Uh, there's a few aspects to it. One is just negotiating the best deal you can, you know, particularly if you're a larger chain. If you're a small business, you're sort of at the mercy of what, what you can do. Um, and then, you know, to compete with that, I can get it cheaper, I can get it, you know, free shipping. One, that shipping is not necessarily free. It seems free. Is the price the cheapest? I don't know. <laughs> Depends. But here's the thing. This is where, this is where uh, what I do for a living comes in. If you are a traditional retailer and you are competing with that, you have to provide a better experience. You cannot compete. I mean, I think we just save these companies, if, if you don't mind. Sure. Go right. ahead. I mean, you can't compete with Walmart or Amazon on price. You just are not – it's not going to happen in general. I'm not saying you can't once in a while, but as a rule, it's going to be very difficult. They just are so big. They can buy at such volume. They have such what's called economies of scale that it's almost impossible. So how do you win if you're not the biggest – you know, the, the biggest gorilla on the block, right? You've well, got to provide well, a better experience. That, that's true. But one of the things my husband and I was, were, were discussing the other day is if you take a closer look, a lot of it has to do with where the product is coming from. Um, it's unfortunate, but some of the, the quality products, are going to be more expensive, are going to be sold at stores like the one I work at, and are going to, and some of them, if they're made in America, they're not going to be really inexpensive as opposed to getting certain products that from certain com- uh, countries that have infiltrated our, our markets, and they're cheap, but then they're cheap once you get them. Um, some of them are, are quite cheap. Yeah. Well, and that's so, but that's a point of product differentiation, right? That is part of the experience, part of the sales job, is to mm-hmm. out those differences. You have to. That's, I mean, it, it's one thing when I said you can't compete on price. That's assuming you're selling the same thing. If you're selling something better, you've got to figure out how to educate the customer that it is better. Maybe even it's cheaper in the long run because you won't have to buy it three times, right? Depending on what it is. So that's that's you know we talked about that communication piece up front and upfront communication, and that Mm -hmm. is part of the customer education piece, part of differentiation. Our product is better. Our service is better. Some things are worth paying for. Mm. You're paying for value. You're not. about price, it's about value. That's true. So, let's ask, hold on. <clears throat> Sorry. I'm trying to c- catch a quick lunch, too, <laughs> which is not good. Um, so, w- how much does a company budget or should budget for, let's say, training and proper customer service? or, you know, tools for proper customer service. Is that on the priority list as a, you know, in addition to, you know, purchasing whatever product they need to or or securing whatever uh, service they need to for the customer? Uh, how much does that customer service piece play a role in a comp- when a company considers a financial and time budget? It's huge. Um, so here's the thing with customer service, customer experience training. Um, it's one of the first things to get cut if it's done at all when times get tight. And one of the catches with customer service and customer experience uh, training is it's not an immediate return often. So if I say I'm going to add a sales, add you know five salespeople 
and it's going to cost X, I sort of know what my Y is, what I'm going to get out of adding those salespeople immediately. With customer service training, it's an investment in that long-term relationship, which in the end is more profitable, which in the end is, you know, in a lot of ways more important than immediate sales. You need both. So when you talk about training, um, there's sort of, I'll, I'll dig into this, there's sort of two sides of it. What most companies do, if they train at all, is what's called operational training. They give you the manual, they teach you how to fill out the forms, they teach you how to ring up the customer, depending on what industry we're in. You know, they sort of teach you how to put in your report and you know, where the keys are, where the break room is. They don't teach you how to deal with or work with human beings. <laughs> they don't usually teach or often teach the soft skills that are so important in customer experience. And those soft skills are what make the difference between, you know, an average customer experience and a great customer experience. It's the ability that, you know, you were talking about uh, this company you work for that is uh, sort of causing problems upstream and uh, hiring staff to deal with them downstream. Well, it's how well is that team downstream trained? If they're going to be given these difficult situations, how much training are you going to give them? Because here's the thing, that training, that investment, that experience, that all, come, that all comes back in customer loyalty, right? If you invest in training your teams so that they can either create great experiences or resolve issues that, you know, when there are issues, resolve them to make the customer happy, that is going to pay off huge in customer loyalty. And customer loyalty is the most valuable thing you can have nowadays. You know, we talked earlier about a couple of statistics, uh, you know, that customers aren't that loyal anymore. That customer mm -hmm. loyalty, one, customers that are loyal um, spend more, not only just across their lifetime, but they spend more per transaction as well. So that, that investment in training is huge. The challenge is selling it to um, executives, make, helping them to understand that, look, if I spend X on training this year or this month, let's say, I'm not going to see the results next month. Right? I'm not going to see an immediate financial uh, return on that investment a month later. It's a return that comes over time. But Does that answer might. your question? Yes, it does. But you might, you might get a customer that is so, you know how if you have a really good customer experience, you want to tell everybody. You actually want to go back and and shop there again right away. I mean, so yeah, you do want the long term, uh, re long term return. But at the same time, you could actually get an immediate return by just, you know, training someone that makes that experience so great that they would say, hey, you know, I want, I don't mind spending the extra money. I want to go back. They have a product that I actually like. And that person, what's, you know, and, and they may or may not remember the person's name, uh, but that person, she was so good. She did this, this, and this, you know, and they're willing to, to, to give the online reviews or they're willing to stay on the phone for the survey afterwards or whatever if you you know do this i and you know i mean and it's it's important that training and but also too it's important that you hire the right people that have some home training because like you said those companies are so busy um teaching the um the meat and bones you know they're not they don't they're not teaching the sauce sometimes you know <laughs> exactly they're not and, you know, that's the a great point. You, I, so I'll clarify what I was saying. You absolutely will see an immediate return from some customers, right? Just like you said, people will, yeah. if you turn something around, they're going to be happy. They're going to tell people. They're going to come back the next week, whatever it may be. Uh, but what I was referring to is more like across, if you invest in training a team of like 1,000 people or 10,000 people, you generally won't see a return on that immediately, that's going to pay for that training in a month. But you will see exactly what you were talking about. That's a great point because you are going to see that. And that's why customers are so, you know, return customers are so valuable. They are not only, uh, you know, spending more and staying longer with you, 
but they're also bringing in new business, the best form of marketing there is, right, referrals. You know, I, I had one review where, um, and I, I, I feel bad for the woman because she obviously did not know what she was talking about because she left a review and said, you all need more Gretchen's. And I'm like, oh, my goodness, she does not have a clue. But anyway, we're going to take a quick break. We are here with Adam Taporek. Uh, from customers that stick, we're talking customer service. If you have questions or comments, the number is 516-387-1944. G's Power Hour on Never Had It So Good Entertainment. We'll be right back. Does it appear the long arm of the law is working against you instead of for you? Whom do you call when the boys in blue are pursuing you? When the wrong person behind bars may end up being you. With over 40 years combined legal expertise, Anderson and Welch bring to bear a smart, sound, sensible defense of those caught in what may be the unrelenting grip of the legal system. Turn to Anderson and Welch first to get ahead of trouble, not fall into it by calling 561-832-3386. That's 561-832-3386. That's Anderson and Welch Law Firm online at andersonandwelch.com. Good afternoon. Welcome back to G's Power Hour on Never Had It So Good Entertainment. I am your host, G. Thanks so much for being with us today. We are talking customer service with Adam Taporic. And if you have questions or comments, the number is 516-387-1944. I think we need to talk about tipping because it is not, in some cases, what it, I think, originally designed to be. It's almost expected now, it seems, that you tip, and you're told what to tip. Can you talk about that a little bit, please? It's Hello. very interesting. Thing to me, oh, uh, no, it's, it's a big issue right now. It's a, there's a lot of talk in my industry about it because there's a lot of expectation um, of tipping in situations where it wasn't expected before, right? Um, right. So let's, so let's maybe step back, though, and look at it from a sort of big picture first, which is, mm-hmm. you know, I look at it as a societal trend because this is not just like, okay, my – I don't know, the coffee shop on my corner is annoying me because they're asking for tips when they didn't used to or whatever. Mm-hmm. This is all across the country. This is a trend. Uh, and so what's driving the trend? Well, it used to be that we had tipping industries and we had non-tipping industries. Uh, we still right. do legally. And you could have a different minimum wage depending on if whether it was a tipping industry or not. Right? The minimum right. wage was different if you had a restaurant than if you had – you know, a, a retail store. Um, mm-hmm. There was an expectation. Now those lines are getting very blurred about what's tipping. Um, and part of that is, you know, there is a, and this is political, and I don't want to get too political here, um, but it's part of the dynamic is what's a living wage right now? Mm-hmm. Is the minimum wage in certain states a living wage? And people are, you know, asking for tips basically because they're not getting the wage they need from their employers. Um, now that is, you know, a big topic with a lot of dynamics to it, obviously. Um, but that's part of what's happening right now um, is it's just simply, you know, I think in a lot of industries, people are like, we're not making enough. Uh, and it's hard, it's hard for the consumers because, you know, they're, people are being guilted into tips that, uh, they weren't guilted into before or feel, you know, made to feel bad, and that's a bad mm-hmm. customer experience, right? If you go somewhere, um, you know, I mean, I've gotten, and I'm sure you're, this is part of what you're talking about, you know, I've gotten receipts or, you know, you get the little digital readout, and they ask you, do you want to leave a tip just for, like, mm-hmm. buying just, just for right. buying something. Not, they didn't make anything. They didn't prepare a coffee. They didn't make a <laughs> meal. They didn't serve your table um, just for, like, making a purchase, I'm like, that's okay. I shouldn't be asked to, for a tip mm-hmm. just to, you know, to, I don't know, buy buy a, buy a bottle of water at the gas station, right? And my husband says that too. My husband, 
he's like annoyed with the whole thing. And and I understand. So you may not want to say it, but I'm gonna just <laughs> I'm gonna make Go it clear. It. In my opinion, and and uh, okay, we feel really bad for people that are not making enough money. It is apparent, and especially in Florida, Florida has never had a great wage. Okay, but we feel bad that you are not making enough money in your job. We really do. But that is something that you have to negotiate with your employer, and you have to earn that salary. You can't just show up and expect – I mean, you need to have a wage you can live off of, first of all. But you can't show up and expect raises and tips, okay? You have to exhibit – a certain amount of knowledge, um, willingness to be trained, a certain amount of decorum, you have to go above and beyond to get raises and tips. And I'm not talking about cost of living raises, though, yes, you should get. But to get anything above that and to get a tip, you have to earn that. That's just the bottom line. So, no, people, you should not feel bad because tipping is an acknowledgement of someone who went above and beyond, okay? That's not inherent in the job, okay? In mo- yeah, I'd say in in the new in, in the industries where we're being asked for tips where we weren't asked before, exactly. It's, it's – uh, something you would give as a thank you for doing an amazing job. Okay, if it's a restaurant, we understand they're, that's a, they live on tips, right? We understand that's a tipping mm-hmm. industry. But, yeah, right, and all yeah. the, in these other industries that, you're, you know, you know, that we're sort of is bringing this topic up, right, I mean, that's mm-hmm. what uh, it's, it shouldn't be an expectation, and I don't can't. think consumers need to feel bad not leaving a tip. Yeah, you can't give me bad service and expect a tip. It's not going to work. And my husband, in a minute, he will look at me and, you know, I'm either going to do the, you know, the nod or whatever, you know, it's like, uh, or, or I'm going to actually tell him when she, she or he or she walks away, you need to give that person a good tip, a really good tip, because that person went above and beyond, okay? And then if you get another one that has an attitude, no, no. I mean, now my husband, he's a little nicer sometimes in certain situations than I am because I'm, I am, but I, I am a stickler for that service. So I believe if you've gone, if you're doing your job, or, you know, and you're doing it well, then yes, you know, maybe you get a tip. If you're doing like, you know, Yes, Ms. Simmons, no, you know, whatever, uh, you know, can I hold out your chair? Can I put your napkin in your lap? Can I do whatever it is? You know, if you're really, you know, gangbusters, you're, you're going all out, I know you're working hard to get that tip, you know. So, yes, I'm going to, but if you're going to give me attitude, um, if you're going to just throw the plate on the table, or whatever, you're going to spill the water when you pour it, you know, you're not paying attention, you're talking on your cell phone, you're talking with the other server across the row, um, no. No. Yeah, and I think most most people feel the way you do. I mean, and that's, you know, it's a a tricky thing, um, but I, yeah, I mean, when it's really good service, I, I always tip more, of course. Uh, and I think I look at it this way because we talk about customer experience, right? They're, they're delivering an experience for us, whoever is serving us. That's the whole, the whole point. They're delivering an experience. Did mm-hmm. they make my day? Was it just neutral? If it's just neutral, okay, they get the average tip, right? They didn't, they didn't really do anything bad, but they it wasn't. You know, they just sort of did it, right? They just sort of brought it. They didn't have an attitude or anything, but they uh, didn't really go out of their way to be super nice or any of that. Okay, fine. If it's a restaurant, they get just sort of a basic tip. Uh, mm-hmm. They bring a smile to the table. They're like, oh, you know, joking around, having fun. They made my day mm-hmm. better. 
right? Yeah. And everything, you know, all the rest of the stuff was uh, on time, et cetera. Um, mm-hmm. You know, then it's going to be an extra tip. And fortunately, mm-hmm. I haven't really had anybody really rude in a long time. I'm, I, I can remember one, like, really rude person, and that wasn't even a table service. It was, like, at a like ordering a, at a counter, at a pizza counter. And it was just like you were mm-hmm. saying. It was like, forgive us, we're going to sound uh, older here, but uh, a young person on their phone not paying attention. <laughs> Yeah, what but, is uh, that? It's, yeah. it's just a, no, it's just no, no, a thing no, now. No. And, that, you know, that's a part of leadership and management now is having to um, address that type of professionalism, knowing you know, because you, you really, in many industries, I mean, you you just can't take their phone away. You're not going to have staff. They, they, like, can't live without it. It's a, it's a different thing now. It's a different management, mm-hmm. a different no, leadership no, no, no. thing. I can't, I can't be that scared to not have an employee. I'll work, I'll work the whole thing myself, but no, you're not coming up there talking on the phone and, and like putting the customer on hold. That is not happening. You know, if you want to go talk on your phone, then you go find a job that's going to pay you to talk on your phone. But no, um, you're, well, I'm not talking about talking. Well, that's what I was getting to is you, you have to train. uh, Unfortunately, you can't do every job yourself in a lot of places. (laughs) It'd be nice. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. You do need staff, um, and just saying you can't t- look at your phone for the next eight hours is sort of is a deal breaker in a lot. It's crazy for us, of course, but it's sort of a deal breaker. So it's about training them to okay. Here's when you have breaks, or you know, here's when you, <laughs> you know don't ever well, use it at the front counter. Don't ever make a customer wait. Here's what professionalism right. is. This is not well, the most important that, thing on earth, right? And it's part of that training. Part of that comes from, like I was talking about home training, where we have parents now that allow their children, if they happen to eat at the table together, because that's a whole other story, but to to just ring the phone and, and talk, you know, and I, you know, I'm guilty. You know, my husband and I go out and stuff and, you know, after church or whatever and have breakfast. And, yeah, we have our phones. But there's a point where we we put them down or maybe I'm using the phone to show something to my husband for us to have a conversation about. But we're going to actually eat and have a conversation. You know, the phone is not the priority during that meal. Um, you know, I heard about it. I've never done this before, but I heard about a cool thing just to, like, make your point. Uh, there's uh-huh. this thing where people will go to dinner, um, obviously not 20-year-olds, uh, and everybody will put their phone, like, in the middle of the table, and the first person mm-hmm. to check their phone has to pay for the dinner. <laughs> it's a oh. way to, like, pay off their phone <laughs> until it's over. Oh, wow, that's pretty cool. Uh, yeah, that's sort of crazy. Um, but yeah, it's it's a real thing. Like it's you know it's it's really difficult. These devices are the you know sh- short of chemical drugs are the most addictive things the human race has ever known. They are designed to addict us. They are designed to make us want to look at them and swipe and scroll and just keep feeding us stuff. And you know it's. I, I try to have empathy as somebody from a generation that didn't grow up with these, but you know has been sort of was in the, when computers started. That these this generation now they they don't understand what a world is where they're not on a device. They don't their mm-hmm. brains are wired to be on these things. It is a societal issue, and yeah. you know, we have to sort of deal with <laughs> the workforce we get. We can't change, you know, these huge societal trends. So for me, it's about okay, what do? How do we manage this generation now? How do we train them to deliver great customer experiences? To understand, I mean, you know, the other challenge that we haven't even gotten to is a lot of the younger generation has trouble with face-to-face interactions. Yeah. Right? They, yeah, they, they don't do. know how to handle uh, – I'm generalizing, obviously. There are plenty of uh, young people that can. But as a generation, they are less um, equipped for interpersonal um, you know, conflict. They're used to resolving <laughs> things by ghosting people on their phone and text. And you mm-hmm. know, when they had – they would text it and try to not have conflict. And, well, what is you – know, what we're talking about with customer service, you have to mm-hmm. have this – so now you're training, you talked about that home training. This is 
even bigger than that, even though that's a huge factor that you're bringing up, it's just a whole societal thing as well. It's it really, it's a cha- you know, it's a challenging thing. I I look at it as how do we how do we help them, <laughs> and how do we make them great customer you know heroes. Well, we got to work on them, but th- th- we might have to just chalk it up to ha- having a lost generation, and may need to start on the on the ones coming up behind them. <laughs> Uh, seriously, I mean, they may that may be a waste of time, or it may be something that you know some people deal with. And then uh, in the meantime, though, we got to work on the next one coming up to make sure they don't end up like the ones, the ones in between. So we, I think we got to work on all of them because uh, I don't, I, I don't know uh, how we, uh, how we survive any lost generation. <laughs> yeah, that's that is true. That is true. Um, I mean, then, like you said, there's people learning how to deal with people face to face, and I'm not sure if it's just young people anymore. I mean, right now we're dealing with issues with uh, people like showing up in, in the wrong driveway and, and trying to turn around and, and um, just about losing their life for it. You know, so that's that's a whole different topic um, that's going to be addressed tomorrow. But anyway, we're here with Adam Taporic. Uh He's with Customers That Stick. We're talking customer service. If you have questions or comments, the number is 516-387-1944. Geez, Power Hour on Never Had It So Good Entertainment. We'll be right back. This is Douglas Dobbs owner and funeral director at Dobbs Cremation and Funeral Service. We have served the Central Florida community with two generations of family funeral service. With the recent addition of my son Brandon, we are here to take care of the needs of Central and West Orlando. From simple cremation to a full burial, Dobbs Cremation and Funeral Service is here to help you. Located at 430 North Kirkman Road at the 408 Expressway, Dobbs Cremation and Funeral Service, 407-578-7720. Dobbs, dedicated to serving our families. Having a wedding, reception, family reunion, planning a banquet, or some other fundraising event. Need to share your knowledge through a workshop or seminar, or it's a difficult time and you need to plan a wake or repast. Let us help. At our gatherings, let us reduce the stress and make the occasion memorable, treasured. Call our gatherings at 407-968-9387 or email ourgatherings at yahoo.com. Let us help plan your special event. Good afternoon. Welcome back to G's Power Hour on Never Had It So Good Entertainment. I am your host, G. Thanks so much for being with us. Tomorrow, at his insistence, <laughs> but we do need to talk about it. Uh, Kevin Anderson returns. We are talking about stand your ground. We've got to deal with the issue right now. It's gotten out of control. And so um, we are talking about that. You have questions or comments, please feel free to join the show tomorrow. But in the meantime, we have a few minutes left with Adam Taporic with Customers That Stick. And if you have questions or comments about customer service experiences, the number is 516-387-1944. I'm almost, Adam, having to give up on, uh, I guess you could say, a somewhat of a staple. I know it's a staple in a lot of people's households. And for me, it, throughout my life, because I worked there in high school, uh, it was a staple. Where it, it, when I was coming through, it was like, hi, welcome. How may I help you? You know, now I go in a drive through and I hear, Go ahead with your order. Or even worse, are you using the app today first? The the first thing that comes out of that person's mouth. And I'm like, why don't you say hi? Why don't you greet me first? Why don't you feel glad that I'm there contributing to your salary before you go on with am I using the app and, uh, you know, go ahead with your order. Uh, Sorry, I'm old. (laughs) <laughs> no, no. You know, well, okay. So, um, you know, my book, uh, "Be Your Customers Hero," which I know you've read. Um, that book a, has a chapter in it called uh, I, I may not say it exactly right, but uh, "Customer Service Lessons Grandma Taught You," <laughs> and uh-huh. it's all how important the uh, common courtesies are in customer service. Just please, thank you, yes sir, yes ma'am. 
whatever it may be, uh, having a good greeting, right? Whether, whether you um, like the restaurant or not, if you've ever been to a restaurant called Moe's Southwest Grill, I mean, you walk in, they're supposed to say, welcome to Moe's. Welcome right? to Moe's. Big... Yeah, I mean, that's <laughs> greeting, right? It, it doesn't t- – it takes what? You know, three seconds. And then they say, what's your uh, – right. uh, please tell me what you'd like today or whatever it may be. Um, and I think that is – for – it's very interesting. So I'm doing a course. Uh, we're launching some new courses on um, customer service. It's called our Rapid Hero Series. We'll probably be launching them in June. And you know, wow. one of the modules, I talk about these courtesies, the customer service lessons grandma taught you. And in it, it's, you know, I talk about this. It's like I feel almost like why, should, why do I need to talk about this? This is so obvious. One of the things I try to do is bring – new information, not your sort of old customer service training that everybody gets. There's a lot of new science and new techniques that we teach. But I end up with this fact that I have to talk about it because when I go out as a customer, I see exactly Mm -hmm. what you just said. It's Mm -hmm. missing. So often it's missing that it's just not. And a lot of times it's not because people are rude. One, they may Mm -hmm. have been taught straight to the point, like in your drive-through example, or it's just that people are rushed and distracted and don't take the time. And it's not, not that much time. I'm sorry, but not only that, do you know that some of these drive throughs they're timing these people now? So the, the, the customer service person is getting upset and anxious because they're being timed for getting you through the drive through well, that'll go away in 10 years because uh, – five years probably because the customer service person at the drive-thru will be a robot. <laughs> but, <laughs> okay. They should do a good job because it's uh, – it's, you know, you see they're, they're really – it's uh, sort of scary what's going on with all of that. We talk a lot about that in, um, in what I do with um, automation and uh, artificial intelligence. Um, but, yeah, this wow. is, you know, it depends on the drive-thru, right? It depends on the company. It depends on this is where leadership and values and culture come in, right? Because you, um, whether, whether you like the company or not, if you, I don't think anybody would say that about going through the Chick-fil-A drive-thru. No. Right? They're always no. friendly. Always take the time um, to say, my pleasure, right? That's, they're known for that, right? They're they're always well trained. They've got the same young people we've been talking about this whole time, right? And, but and they not train only that, them. they're hardly using the menu boards anymore for taking the orders. They actually have personnel out in the parking lot taking your orders. Exactly, you, and I mean they have the yeah. volume to support that to pay for that. You're right; they're busy enough, but that and that's the. I love this, Gretchen, because we just came full circle. That's the where the investment in customer experience and training pays off. They give great experiences, so they're busy, and because they're busy, they can make more money and they can make even better experiences. Exactly. Right? They can put exactly. people in the actual, you know, build the uh, the little like I don't know what you call it, the canopy, right, where the right. staff works under, and they they greet you at your car with a little iPad thing, right, mm-hmm. and they take your order right there. And it's personal. You're actually talking to a person. You're not talking to a microphone, right? Just think about exactly. that one change, right? That, yeah. that right there is huge. They're, you're actually interfacing with a person. And right. you, I mean, to their credit, no, sorry, there's go ahead. one of those restaurants. I'm sorry, but I just happened to think of There's one of those restaurants that is so busy on 436 um, that they have uh, cars lined up out into the street and I think they're having to shut that one down. They're building a new one down the street that I think will give them <laughs> more, more so they don't, I guess, get fined or whatever it is for having all that traffic out in the street. But, I mean, that's just how busy they are. And there's a, uh, there are two other ones owned by a gentleman. Uh, thank you, Mr. Bose. Um, <laughs> they send, uh, you know, freebies every now and then. You know, I had one day, I was like, I had free lunch, <laughs> you know, thanks to Chick-fil-A. <laughs> I'm like, okay, you know, yeah, I'll, I'll go and support them. I mean, they give me free lunch every now and then. How'd yeah. you get that, via mail? So where, where, when you say you got a freebie, how was that? I got it in my email, and then um, it was downloaded onto my app. Oh, so you're, and, so you're yeah. on the app. You're, you're a loyal customer, right? You've got the application. 
Yeah, the I got app. the app. Yes, yeah. I got the Chick-fil-A app. Um, and it's not that I use it all that much, but I use it more now, yes. Definitely. Well, that's what they, they, right, that's what they want. They want people that are loyal, that have their that have the app. The same with Starbucks uh, as well. They have you know, their app, their points, all of that type of stuff. Uh, yeah. And it's very yeah. I mean the the one up here. I'm on the north side of Orlando, and the one near me. I mean you you drive by during the lunch hour, just forget it. It's just cars wrapped around the building, mm. uh, yeah. and they're moving them fast. It's a stream of cars. It's a moving. You know, it's not like they're. Um, you know, backed up, right? They're they're putting them through, uh, but yeah. it's still. Um, but that's, I mean, they're they're a great example of training and customer experience because I think that's, if anything, if I can give you hope today, Gretchen, of our discussion of the youth <laughs> of today, is just remember all of those young young kids that are giving you a great experience at Chick Fil A. It is yeah. not all lost. They can this generation can be trained. They can be. You can select. You know, good team team members. They are out there. They just mm-hmm. need direction. They just need to understand what's important. They need to be part of a culture and leadership that is about relationships and about serving the customer, not about just closing sales, right? And being right. efficient. And if they, right. if you can get one of the things about I love about the younger generation is they're very focused on purpose. They want mm-hmm. to be part of organizations that have a purpose. That, and that purpose may not be like you know saving the trees or whatever. It may just be, you know, making people happy, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but they want to be part of that. And I think if you can find, if you can have a good culture and you can train, you can cre- you can create those experiences and you can create those experiences with this new generation of employees. Goodness gracious. <laughs> I need another hour, Adam, with you. Um, uh, anyway, uh, so so what's coming up? So you, when is this uh, class that you were talking about uh, coming up in June? When is that? Oh, so we'll be. Um, you can go to customersthatstick.com. Um, it'll be called Rapid Hero. So what we're doing is we're creating all of our these a series of courses that are all under an hour. They're all virtual training. You just do it online. Because one of the things we've realized, we've made some really long courses before. Nobody has time. Everybody, you know, just like our customers, um, the businesses don't have time either. So we are putting together courses that pack a lot into a short amount of time. They're really designed to uh, help customer, um, help companies train their teams quickly and rapidly. So uh, feel free to go to customersatstick.com. Uh, there's a contact form. If you're interested, we can put you on a list and um, reach out to you when the courses are done. And uh, it was awesome. I had a great time chatting, of course. We always do. <laughs> we always do. And and so, okay, you mentioned Chick-fil-A. Are there other companies that kind of uh, set the bar, set the standard for, for good customer service that you can mention? Well, I mean, there are a bunch. And it's just going to de- it's going to depend also on – uh, you know what you're looking for, what your expectations are. Uh, okay, so know, let's talk I mean, about let's talk about a hotel okay. chain. Um, I mean, that's you, easy, but it's really you know it's really expensive. So you're paying for a great customer service too. But I mean, the Ritz Carlton is the the legend, one of the legendary companies of all customer service. Um, okay. So I mean, Restaurant that's obviously chain. a hotel chain that not everyone gets to stay at. <laughs> it's very okay. high price. So, but they also, so I'm, I'm, I mean, they do. Crazy! I have a uh-huh. blog post on my website. It's one of my most popular blog posts called the Ritz Carlton's $2,000 Rule. They empower oh. any employee, and I mean the janitor, up to $2,000 to solve a customer issue on the spot. Wow! Imagine like that. It. I would really like it. Yes. Janitor. $2,000 is relative to their brand and how expensive their product is, and their customers that have a lifetime value of like a quarter million dollars. But it's the same reason that I mentioned Starbucks earlier, that Starbucks, you know, if you go to Starbucks, I don't know if you're a Starbucks drinker, but if you go there once in a while. I am. If, you, if they mess up your drink, you say, hey, that's not what I ordered. They don't back talk you. They don't say, no, you ordered this. They're not supposed to, at mm-hmm. least. Mm-hmm. They, what do they do? They throw it in the trash in front of you, and they make you, they say, I'm sorry, uh, I will get that right out to you, and they make you another drink. That Adam, that team is go. empowered. You know, if you get two thousand dollars, you're not going to empower two thousand dollars for a Starbucks uh, for you know, for a coffee company. But right. that team is empowered to make your drink without any questions, to not add one bit of hassle to your day, to not talk back, 
just to make it because they know the lifetime value, and this isn't an official number, but it was calculated um, by someone. A lifetime value of an average Starbucks customer is $14,000. So they're not going to tick you off for a 50-cent cup of coffee. And this is where that relational and that sort of long-term perspective comes in. Thank you so much. We do have to go, but we're going to have you back, God willing. Thank you all for listening. Thank you, Adam. This is Indeed's Power Hour on Never Had It So Good Entertainment. Be well, be safe, be blessed, and please remember, all real power comes from God. Take care.